Hi guys, it's Ellis and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about baleen whales. Now, I know that I said this episode would be about cetaceans as a whole, but I realized that I can't cover the entire order of cetaceans in one episode. So I split the order into two subgroups, baleen whales and toothed whales. Cetaceans in general are an entirely aquatic order made up of whales, porpoises, and dolphins. They may just look like big fish, and it makes sense why people would think that. Most adults don't have any hair, and they have flippers instead of arms and legs. Uh, but they are mammals. They breathe with their lungs, are warm-blooded, and they suckle their young with milk, just like us. They even have a belly button. They cannot breathe underwater and breathe air, just like us. However, they do not breathe through a nose or a mouth. They breathe through a hole on the top of their heads. This is known as a blowhole. When they exhale, they blow both water and air out of their blowhole, which creates a spray. Baleen whales have two blowholes because of their enormous size, and they are also V-shaped. When they dive, their heart rate is slowed by 50%, and blood is directed away from the muscles to the vital organs. This allows them to make incredibly deep dives on very little oxygen. If you thought breathing was complicated, sleeping is a whole new ballgame. Cetaceans have to choose when they take a breath, unlike us, who breathe without even thinking about it. This means that they actually cannot fully go to sleep. Instead, they shut down half of their brain and allow the other half to rest. Then they switch. As you can probably tell, cetaceans are very different from all other mammals. They feed, rest, mate, give birth, and raise young in water. These are some of the attributes that distinguish cetaceans from all other mammals. Not surprisingly, the closest living relative of the cetacean family is also a mammal who spends most of its time in the water, the hippo. Their ancestors were land mammals, but chose to return to water about 50 million years ago. Essentially, cetaceans have adapted to live in a watery world, and with water comes the possibility to to grow to immense sizes. Throughout our Earth's history, we have seen some amazingly large sea creatures. The reason they are able to get so big is because of the water around them. Water's buoyancy supports the weight of whatever is in it, including the biggest animal that's ever lived, the blue whale. This cetacean breaks so many records, starting with a record weight and length of 200 tons and 110 feet. 200 tons is equal to the weight of 35 elephants. 35! Can you believe that? Other records this creature breaks are the heaviest tongue, largest lungs, largest heart, slowest heart rate for a mammal, and largest migrant. Like the blue whale, many species of cetaceans have a very wide range, living in both tropical and temperate waters. They are even found at the poles, but they are virtually hairless. So how do they deal with the freezing temperatures? The answer? Blubber. They rely on a whole layer of it for insulation and can even be used as a food store during their annual migrations. In the Arctic and Antarctic, krill are abundant in the summer, so the whales travel there despite the freezing temperatures. In autumn and winter, however, they migrate to tropical waters where it is much warmer. In these waters, they mate and give birth. 
In the spring, they slowly move back to colder waters with their calves if they're female. Cetaceans have little to no sense of smell, like at all, and their relatively small eyes give them decent vision above and below the water surface. Decent. But their hearing is extremely sensitive, even though they don't have external ears like us. Nonetheless, this allows them to pick up calls from members of their species from very far away. Baleen whales communicate using a variety of sounds, such as squeals and rumbles. The most famous are the songs of male humpback whales. They make these during the winter breeding season and are made up of repeated high and low notes. The songs are vital for communication in the extensive oceans. Other species make different calls. For example, the fin whale produces a call that is below the range of our hearing, but it travels long distances throughout the ocean. Now that we know the basics about cetaceans, let's focus on baleen whales, our main topic for today. There are 14 species of baleen whales across the world's oceans. They are all marine species and filter feeders, feeding on tiny prey such as aquatic invertebrates and small fishes. They filter them from the water using baleen plates that are similar to sebs. Just like hair and nails, baleen is made of keratin. It also grows slowly over time, just like our fingernails and hair, but it hangs from their upper jaw. Because of their baleen, their jaws are elongated. And because of their massive size, they need two blowholes to get oxygen throughout their entire body. All of them, all cetaceans, have two rows of baleen plates, but different species, oh, sorry, all baleen species, all baleen whales have two rows of baleen plates, but different species use these, uh, use these plates, and they use different tactics to catch their prey. Some, such as right whales, swim slowly along the surface of the water, skimming little animals. Others, such as the blue whale, have a throat that can expand into a large pouch. Their tactic is to gulp in as much water as they can and to push their tongue up against the ba their baleen. This filters out all of the krill and other tiny animals from the water. The prey then gets caught in the bristled baleen plates. If there is excess water afterwards, it just gets squirted out through their blowhole. Some, like humpbacks, have chosen to work together in a unique form of cooperative hunting. Usually, the group will communicate with each other using a range of vocalizations to plan the next move. All right, let's set the scene for a humpback hunt. First, a group of humpbacks find a school of fish. Then, the group dives below the school. Afterwards, one slowly lets out its breath as it spirals towards the surface. Its breath creates a column of bubbles which traps the fish inside. Other whales may join in and help each other out until the fish are caught in a net of bubbles. The fish become so scared, um, so they group tighter together. What they don't know is that grouping tighter together exactly what, is exactly what the humpbacks want them to do. Then the whales lunge right through the middle of the net of bubbles, and they get more um, fish because they're tightening together, and they go straight to the surface with their mouths wide open. They synchronize their feeding, all lunging at the same time. This reduces the chance of any fish escaping. However, some do, but it is nothing compared to the number that are swallowed. Others, such as gray whales, are bottom feeders and feed in shallow waters. They dive to the seafloor, turn on their side, and suck up a mouthful of sediment. Yuck. But they filter out the worms, crustaceans, and mollusks and push the sediment through their baleen. 
So they get rid of all that sediment and keep the tasty food. Most of their prey is so incredibly small, so baleen whales need to consume tons of it to survive. During a summer, a very big blue whale may eat four and a half tons of krill per day, but normally blue whales will eat four tons. This is a large amount, but what they will do is feed on very little during the rest of the year. Instead, they will live off stored fat and, and blubber from the summer. This is not the kind of life anyone wants to live, okay? Stuff yourself for one season, then don't eat for the other three. Yeah, nice try. I'm not doing that. How about no? The baleen whale, the baleen and blubber that whales have are adaptations that have helped these whales to survive and thrive. However, it was also what led them to the brink of extinction. In the 19th century, commercial whaling devastated the populations of right whales, which got their name because it was considered the right whale to hunt. Right whales generally move slowly and they would float to the surface after being killed. That's just truly horrific that the whale got its name just because of, you know, hunters trying to establish what whale was the best one to kill. That's, that's really messed up. Well, there's some good news. In 1985, there was a ban on all commercial whaling worldwide, except in Norway and Japan. But, you know, we might get there. Who knows? Who knows? Since this ban, whale populations have begun to slowly stabilize. So there's that good news. All right, that's it for today. Join us next time for our episode on toothed whales, the other subgroup of cetaceans. We will discuss how they communicate, what their social groups look like, and how their range and general size differs from the baleen whales you heard about today. This is Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. See you next time.